Welcome to the podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Krista. And you're listening to Practical Prepping Quick Tips. Are you ready for the next natural disaster or one of the little emergencies that life throws your way? Practical Prepping for Everyday People. This book is available from our website, on Amazon, or wherever books are sold. On April the 27th of 2011, tornadoes ripped across the southeast. 62 tornadoes that day in Alabama alone, 252 killed in the state of Alabama. This storm system had been predicted for several days. We had been watching this system develop, and it was one of those weather alert days. Pay attention on this day. It is coming. When it came, it came in two waves. The first morning wave, I think there were 10 or 12 people killed in Alabama. I know there were two killed in the county in which I was in that morning. And the weather turned very nice after that. It cleared off blue sky and most people or many people relaxed and went into recovery mode. We kept saying, no, 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 it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And we made our preparations in the EMA. We, the Aries group, met together and we assigned shelters and such. And anyway, the second wave came through that evening and it included some EF5 and EF4 tornadoes. I watched the radar as one of those went across the homes of two of my daughters and it was over 20 minutes before we were able to hear that they were okay. Now in Mississippi, this past Friday night, and we've told you that we were there for the Columbus Ham Fest, we had just gotten into Columbus, Mississippi. The rain had begun, the lightning, and the wind began to be very, very strong on the inflow on these systems that we knew were coming through. We got into our hotel room, and this thing developed very, very quickly. We turned on the local television coverage, and we began to see that there were a number of tornado warnings already out in Mississippi. And during the course of that night, we watched what turned out to be an EF4 tornado go north of Columbus and go through parts of Amory and Wren, Mississippi, and others. I I just don't remember each of the cities and towns along the way, and that continued on into Alabama. During those tornadoes, 23 were killed in Mississippi, and an additional three were killed in northwest Alabama. Many of those, too, were probably preventable deaths if they had gone through the proper tornado protocol. So I wanted to go over some tornado safety points here today. And just to refresh our memories, the difference between a watch, a warning, and a tornado emergency. A watch simply means that conditions are right or conditions are good for the formation of a tornado. A tornado warning is that a tornado has been spotted or there is a radar signature 
that indicates that a thunderstorm is forming a tornado, which may or may not be on the ground. And then there is a category they call tornado emergency. This is what was put out in Mississippi on Friday evening. This is what was put out in Alabama on April the 27th of 2011. And this is something that we absolutely must pay attention to. Now, here's some of the tips. We must have multiple ways to receive warnings. NOAA Weather Radio is probably one of the best you can possibly have. Krista and I talk about that all the time. Every household in every country that offers some type of a weather service alert needs to have one. That radio needs to be programmed. It needs to be programmed for your location. Here in the south, I like to program in one county to the southwest of where we live. And I do that so we get a little bit more warning time. If it comes into that other county, I have a little bit more reaction time to get into our safe spot. There are a number of apps that are good especially those from local TV stations. They will push those warnings to you. Have an additional way to get those warnings. If you're aware of the weather being bad, or if you're watching TV with a local station, those local TV stations will break in with wall-to-wall coverage and give you, for lack of a better term, play-by-play on that tornado. But do not rely simply on the outdoor sirens. Now, the last place we lived, we could hear that siren. It was just a few blocks away. We could hear it inside, in the bed, at night, and it would wake us up. But if we lived a mile or so, like where we do now, unless we are outdoors, we do not hear it. So do not depend on that outdoor siren if you are indoors. Have multiple ways to receive warnings. Second thing, we must respect the polygon. Now, when the National Weather Service puts out a warning, what they do, the meteorologist that is triggering that warning, puts in the warning and draws a polygon of where that tornado could go. It starts where the rotation is now, and it spreads out as it proceeds away from that point. Anything in that polygon is what they feel like could potentially receive or be affected by that tornado. So we must respect the polygon, and if we are in that polygon, we need to take action. We need a safe place to go. Now let me say this, you must not stay in a mobile home, a manufactured home, a camper, or an automobile. Those are not safe places to be. A number of the people that were killed in all of the tornadoes that I've mentioned have lived or were living inside a mobile home and did not evacuate. You must go to a safe location. My granddaughter and her husband and their infant son were visiting another city, and they were in a camper, and when the warnings came out, she and her family went to seek shelter, and they went to the lobby of a hotel. They welcomed them in, and they just sat, not near the windows, but back into an area of the hotel. And they were safe during that period of time, and actually a tornado went through and did damage in that area. 
Now, their camper was not affected, but it could have been. You must have a safe place to go. Now, you can have an installed shelter at home. We want one. That would be a great thing to have. We pop out the door and into that shelter. A basement's a good place to go. If you have a basement set up in the corner the furthest away from any windows and the area that is the most underground, that will put you in the safest place. If you don't have a basement, go to an interior room on the lowest level away from windows. That's what Krista and I and the cats have to do. We get into a closet that is off of our hall and it's small, but it's the safest structural area that we can find in this house. You can also go to a community shelter. There are more and more community shelters being built and being opened. A lot of churches open during this time and they will house people in their basement in the safest area they have. Courthouses are a common place that these emergency shelters are set up, but you need to find a safe place to go and have that determined before the time of need comes up. Already know what you're going to do. Now, a few things that you want to have if you have to shelter from a tornado, you really want a helmet for each person. Protecting against head injuries is one of the safest things that we can do in a tornado. A bike helmet works, a baseball helmet, a football helmet, any type of helmet to protect your head. Also have some sturdy shoes. If you see photographs coming out of Mississippi, it looks like a war zone. And I've been into these locations after these tornadoes. There's debris everywhere. And if you wind up having to walk out of your safe place or your shelter, you want some sturdy shoes to be able to protect your feet. You also want a first aid kit. Remember, if you're affected, you may not be the only one and it may take some time for professional help to get there or for rescuers to find you, and you may need some first aid while you're still in your safe spot. You might have cuts, you might have broken bones, but you may need to have things there to stop bleeding and to be able to take care of yourself until you are found. You also need a signal device. Now, one great one you can have is that canned air horn that you push the button. Boaters use them for signaling devices. You can have a loud whistle. Anything so that when you begin to hear someone anywhere searching for survivors, that you can give some blast of that horn or that whistle and you can get attention. In your safe place, you also want a way to receive information. You want to keep up with what's going on. Now here, we can take a portable radio in there with us. In the very next room here in the studio, we have a television that is connected not to the cable, but to the broadcast. We have an antenna so that we can receive local stations when they go wall to wall and we're able to hear from that area. You want to know when it's clear. You want to know when it's safe. You want to know if it's just about to get to you. So you want that way to receive information. And since you could be in there for a time, like on the April 27th, those tornadoes just kept coming and coming and coming and coming. You might be in there for a while. So you definitely want to have some water and some snacks. 
not only in case you're in there for an extended period of time, but in case you were trapped in there, water will be an important thing to have. What I want you to do is to think through your tornado warning plan. Have a plan, have a place to go, respect the polygon, and get to safety. And we'll see you next time. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Practical Prepping Quick Tips. Would you consider supporting the podcast by buying us a cup of coffee? Go to the website, practicalprepping.info, and click on the link to buy me a coffee. You can contact us by email at info at practicalprepping.info. You can also contact us through Facebook and through the website. And until next time, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.